Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. Okay, how are you all doing this morning? You okay? So things are slightly different with all the masks and the sitting in seats and spreading out from each other. But like I say, we're believing that God is going to turn all of this around, especially in June. By the end of June, things could be back to normal. But, you know, this morning, I, this is, it is Pentecost Sunday, and we, we will talk a bit about that. But I just really felt from the Lord that he wanted to kind of do a bit of a, 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 a whether you call it a recap, of the last year or 14 months since we were last together and just bring some things together, give us some fresh perspective on where we're going, you know, where we've been, where we are now and where we're going in the future. Because um, I know many of you would have been watching all of our online services and, you know, listening to all the preaching there. But I think there's something different about when we actually physically come together and God has a word for us, specifically for the Crawley congregation and where we're going here, what we're going to be doing here and what God's wanting to kind of do in our lives here in Crawley. Because there's different things, you know, in different congregations, God's got different things that he wants them to be doing. You know, there's different stuff that he's, he wants to kind of impart to them to go and reach their town and to go and do things with their neighborhood and their people. So there's some stuff I just believe we need to go through this morning that God specifically wants to talk to us about in Crawley. Amen. Okay, right. I'm just going to pray and then we'll, we'll jump into this message. Thank you, Father. Yeah, Lord, I just, I just thank you that you just speak through me this morning, Lord God, that you impart and just transfer something into everyone's hearts this morning. They go away just fully having received something from you, Father, to apply to their lives. Lord, we know that you are moving in our nation, you're moving in our town, you're moving in, in us and through us, Father. And Lord, we thank you that you just equip us this morning to, to be able to be more like you in our sphere of influence, wherever we go, whatever we're doing, the people that we're around. Father, we want to carry you into, into our town. We want to carry you into our homes, our workplaces, around the people that we are around. So, Father, I just thank you for your anointing. I thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to be released. Amen. Okay. So, last year, let's start there. So, we've been through COVID and we're still kind of coming out of the times of all the lockdowns and all the restrictions and just kind of being careful around each other that we're not passing things on, we're not catching things. And it's been a strange year. You know, how many would agree with that? It's been a very strange year. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm 40 now. I've never experienced anything like this in my lifetime. I don't know if anyone else has, but it's been, it's been very weird. And it's one of the words that came up um, as we were going through last year, one of the words that was, was coming through, you know, different men of God, women of God, prophets, people, the, the kind of the word that was, on, uh, that was on God's heart that he was kind of saying to us, I believe, was that we're stepping into something new, a new era of time, that 
the, ch- the church is transitioning into something different, something new. I mean, who would have ever thought that we wouldn't be able to meet together physically, actually meet in the same building together? You know, that's just, it was just crazy. Like, no, no, you never would have just thought that would be possible. But it happened and it took, it's taken a long time for us to actually be able to come back together. But I believe in that time, God has been doing something in our lives and kind of just fashioning us, preparing us, molding us to, to, to actually step into a new season with him, a new era of time with him. Um, and I know for a lot of people, this last year has been a difficult year. Um, and I'd say for most people have been through some sort of trial, some sort of struggle, some sort of difficulty this year. I mean, we've lost some people. Um, we've lost people in our congregation, people that we know of. You know, people have been sick, really sick. People have, you know, just struggled in all sorts of ways of life. I think isolation has been a big deal to some, to, to quite a few people. You know, not being able to see people during all those lockdowns where it was like weeks and weeks and weeks of just not being able to even barely go outside. And I believe that through some of those trials that we've been through, God has been doing things in our lives, though. And I'm just going to share a bit of my personal testimony um, of, over, what, over the last year of what God was doing with me. Because um, I, I had a few kind of, let's say I've had a few trials that I had to overcome. Now, being a pastor of a church, being a minister, obviously when we went in, well, over this last year, being in these lockdowns, my world completely changed because I'm what I do with most of my time is spend my time with people or doing what we're doing on a Sunday morning, uh, meetings and gatherings and prayer meetings and this meeting and that meeting and all of that. And all of that basically stopped. I mean, yes, we were doing some things on Zoom eventually, but a lot of it just kind of stopped. And I was kind of left in a position where I was like, okay, well, what am I meant to actually be doing now? So I was furloughed for some of the time um, by the church. So that means I wasn't, I wasn't actually working for some of that time. Um, yes, I was catching up with different people in phone calls and, um, you know, messaging and stuff like that. But actually a lot of that time, um, I was spent kind of with the family at home, shielding or whatever, not, you know, not mixing with people. And I had to kind of, kind of just work through with God. Okay, God, what is it you're wanting to do with me during this time? What, what, what was my, what was my purpose right now in my life? And I was 40 um, in February. And I kind of think last year I was having a bit of a midlife crisis. I think COVID kind of brought me into this as well. But I was, (laughs) I wouldn't call it a a proper midlife crisis, but I was kind of coming to 40 years old and I was assessing my life. I was thinking, okay, where am I going with my life? What am I doing? What's my purpose? I think that's the number one thing that, that God was speaking to me about. I was kind of dealing with. What am I here for? What is my purpose? Because with COVID kind of pulling the rug from under our feet a bit, especially, in, especially as being a Christian and, and, and not being able to get together and not being able to worship together and not being able to kind of do church life together, it kind of left me, and I don't know if this applies to other people, it left me a little bit kind of like, okay, what, what, what is my relationship with God all about? What am I here for? What am I doing? Where am I going? What is life all about? 
so I was having, you know, I was dealing with this stuff. Um, I think I, I think I put it down approaching to forty. You kind of you kind of think forty is kind of like the midway point of your life, sort of, and. I was really kind of looking back over the first half of my life and I was thinking forward to the next half of my life and I was thinking, okay, what is it I've learned from the first half? What am I going to be taking? What do I want to take into my second half of my life? You know, what have I experienced? What's God done? What, have, what has happened to me in my first part of my life? And I was really just kind of just going through this and how do I want the next part of my life to actually be? What does God want me to be? What, God, what does God want me to be doing with my life? And I was thinking through all of these things and, you know, some of the things I've, I've just got written down here is like, you know, I think when you get to 40, this is what I experienced. Anyway, I was thinking about my health more I was thinking about plans for my future, our financial security. I was thinking about our children, you know, family, marriage, children, uh, what I'm leaving for my next generation, for the next generation, for my children. Um, who am I? Who am I raising up? You know, what is my future looking like? What am I doing with myself right now? And I think going through these questions, and they were they were kind of just coming in waves, and dealing with this stuff and having this extra time to really contemplate, to think about all of that stuff, it, it took me to a, a place where I was like, okay, do, am I, at what I'm doing now as a pastor, is this what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Is this actually what I feel is right to be doing for the rest of my life? Does God want me to be doing this for the rest of my life? And, you know, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I was, I, I've got a degree in IT and I, I've kind of, I, as I finished my degree at university, I um, did a few IT jobs, but then God kind of called, pulled me aside and then I, I went off on a different journey to Bible college and all of the rest of it. And here I am now. But I had this kind of battle in my mind that, do you know what, I have, I have got a backup plan I have got something else I could be doing where I could be earning a lot more money. I could be giving myself quite a um, secure future financially. And I, I don't earn a lot of money doing this as a pastor. It is a sacrificial life and I accept that and that's fine. But this battle, I think money probably came into it quite a bit thinking, okay, where am I financially in my life? How much, you know, I've, we, we own a part of a house, you know, we, we live in a beautiful house, but we only have a mortgage for a part of that. Have, you know, am I going to earn enough money to be paying 100% of the mortgage? And all of these financial questions started coming into my mind. And I'm thinking about money, I'm thinking about future, I'm thinking about all of this stuff. And it, and it, was, it was a real trial, it was a real burden for me to just go through this stuff. So I was just talking to the Lord over this time about it all just okay okay God what are you saying what are you doing what are you wanting from me and all the way through this conversation that took a year you know well nearly a year um I'd probably say six months I was in this kind of position all the way through this conversation God never said to me you you have to be a pastor and you have to do what you're doing now that is what I'm telling you to do God was more give he would give me 
the pros and cons of what I'm doing. He would, he would show me, okay, this is, this is where, if, you're, if you do this, if you make this decision, this is where your life could go. If you make this decision to follow this, this is where your life could go. He would give me the options. And, we, and you know, it would take, it was probably about a six-month process of just speaking to God, hearing him, getting, getting into his word, and finding out what he was actually saying. And, you know, the conclusion that I came to, to cut a long story short, um, because I might touch on some of this next week and pull out a few more scriptures to do with this. But the conclusion that I ended up coming to by reading various books, I mean, I was reading different books, you know, Christian books, and you know, there was bits in there that would jump out to me and speak to me, and um, obviously reading the Bible, reading the Word, and, and just, you know, hearing pre- preaching on a Sunday morning. There was a really good message about money from Simon Coles that really spoke to me. You can go back and listen to that online. Um, but through all of that, I came to the conclusion that actually my life, first and foremost, belongs to him. And he alone is the person that, or is God, that is my satisfaction in life. He alone is the one who will give me that thing that I want, the purpose that, that, I, that I feel like I need to have in life comes from him alone. It doesn't come from having another job or having lots of money or doing this or that or all sorts of options that I was thinking of. The this, this satisfaction of living daily comes from him alone. And that was the main revelation I got through all of this time that he alone is my life, my desire, my fulfillment, my purpose, my reason for living. He alone is my joy, my love, my peace, all of that. He is the answer. So, you know, there's lots of things that we can kind of reach for in life and want to do in life and kind of go towards in life. But actually, the revelation I got, and this applies to all of us, is that actually Jesus is the only answer to all of that. You know, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into some scripture in a second that really talks about that. And there's a lot more I can talk about through that journey, but I'm just giving you a, a, just a quick version of that. So that was my kind of, um, that was my kind of trial, really. And I came out at the end of it just knowing, okay, God, you've called me to live this life for you. My life is not my own. It was bought with a price. He bought it on the cross with his blood and, and, and for his purposes, for his calling, for what he wants me to do with my life. So I'm firm in that now. So don't worry, I'm not going to go and get another job anytime soon or do something different. I, I know that my life is a sacrifice. It's... I'm living for him. And I often think of it in, 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 in one way, I don't know if this makes sense, but I know that my lot, my, I've cast my lot with the Lord. My life is in his hands. I've placed my life in his hands. And that's what, that's what I'm living for. That's, that's the end of the story. My life belongs to him. And he'll look after everything else. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and then everything will be added. And that's what I'm doing with my life. 
And you know what? I think there's some younger people here and for Morgan as well going off. It's a great place to get to. And also for all the adults here, for everyone here, it's a great place to get to. And I think God really did that work in me over this time of, of where it's like, okay, God, whatever you do with me, wherever you send me, whatever you want me to do, my life is in your hands. There it is. Take it. Do what you want with it. And I think at that place, when you get to that place, then kind of life opens up. Then he starts to lead you, steer you. And I think there's degrees of that. And I've been through degrees of that in my life. You know, you give your life to the Lord and then you have different points in your life where you give him more and you give him more of your life and you give him more of your kind of future and your decisions. But this was, a, I think this was just quite a strong kind of line to cross into my second half of my life, you could say. Um, into my 40s and the rest of my life, it was like, okay, I'm stepping in to the next part of my life, all for you, Lord God, and, and not for me. And there's some scripture that the Lord kind of showed me. And I've, I don't know, is Sean around? Are you guys going to do scriptures for me? Brilliant, okay. And this is in 1 Timothy 6. You just put the first one up. And there's some stuff that God just really began to show me from, from the word about this. And it really spoke to me and it really got me on, on <clears throat> focused on God and on the right path. And this is from 1 Timothy. Now, Timothy um, was, he was actually a leader in the church of Ephesus and Paul was writing this letter to Timothy just to encourage him, to, to, to tell him how to, you know, how to structure the church, to really encourage him as, as being a leader of people and a leader of the church and raising up other leaders in the church. And there's a lot of, it's a great book, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, read through them. You know, there's lots of instruction in there about how we can live our lives through what Paul was saying in this letter to, to Timothy. And in chapter six, it talks a bit about um, servants obeying your masters or slaves obeying your masters, first of all. And then it gets into, into talking about this. So in just, yeah, let's, we're just going to work through some of um, these verses and then we'll, I'll pull some things out of them. So 1 Timothy 6, I mean, you can turn there in your Bibles if you've got your Bibles or your phones or whatever you bring up your Bible on. Um, it says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. And just, just leave it, just go back to that first one, please. And you know, God began to really speak to me through this verse. Do you know what? I'm actually going to read. Let me just read through the whole thing first and then I'll break it down because that way you can just help you to understand it better actually let's go yeah, let's use the screen so yeah let's go for, let's start again but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it but if we have food and clothing we'll be content with that those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. 
But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time, God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, to him be honour and might forever. Amen. So if we just go back to the very first one. So God started to speak to me through, through these verses. And first of all, from that, this first chunk of scripture, he was reminding me that we bring nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. So the pursuit of money. Now there's nothing wrong with wanting to earn money because we need money to live. We need money to eat. We need money to pay our bills and do everything. There's nothing wrong with money. But as we work through these verses, you'll see that it's the love of money is the root of all evil. And those eager to get money and those wanting, it just, it's greed really, wanting to be greedy, to have lots and lots of money so you can do what you want to do with it. That's the problem. And so God was kind of, you know, correcting me reading uh, as I was reading through the scripture, but it's, it's a good reminder that we come into this world with nothing and we leave this world with nothing. You know, we come to this world naked and we're born and we leave this world in a coffin and we have nothing to take. The only thing we actually take with us is the things that we've done for God. They're the things that are going to follow us to heaven when we go up there. Those treasure, the, the treasures, you know, the Bible says to to heap up treasure for yourself in heaven by the works that you do. Do doing what God wants you to do with your life. That's the only thing that's going to count. You know, earning lots of money and, and, and having lots of nice stuff isn't really going to do anything for you, apart from being able to kind of enjoy it while you're alive. But then after you, you die and you go into eternity, we want to make sure that you've got treasure in heaven following you, there for you. So it's about being obedient to him. So if we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. And we know that God supplies all of our needs and we know that he gives us everything that we need for life and we trust him for that. If we just go to the next one. So those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a, and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And you know, in our walk with God in our lives, there are, you know, we, we're called to follow him on that narrow path, on the narrow way. And I believe in life, there's, there's all sorts of ditches and kind of dead ends that we can go on and distractions that can, can take us off to do other things. And we can get our hearts focused on this thing or that thing or, or this career or that career or whatever it may be. And that could be many different things but they can end up just sidetracking us right off and we come off of that narrow path and we begin to just go down a dead end. And money can do that as well, or the love of money can do that as well. And it can ruin us. 
And actually it can take us off of the, part that, the path that God has for our life. So for the, many, many of you would have heard of this, this verse, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So the love of money is the root of all evil. And if you really think about uh, what money does in people's lives, all the negatives that, that going after money can do, you can pick up pretty much the root of all evil. You know, all the kind of drug dealing and um, all sorts of exploitation of people and and just being greedy and, and wanting to kind of manipulate and control people. It's all money-based and money is, is often the root of it, mostly the root of it. So those eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So we don't want to be people that wander from the faith and end up piercing ourselves with many griefs, do we? So if we flick to the next one. And this was kind of God speaking to me. And I believe this is a word for us this morning as well, for all of us. So us being people of God, flee from all of this, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance and gentleness. And I believe this is a word for us this morning that we're called to pursue righteousness. We're called to be godly people. We're called to be righteous people. And we know that Jesus Christ is our, is our righteousness and he's made us righteous, but we're also called to, be, to, to live out of that place of righteousness and be just, you know, be just people, be fair people, don't cheat people, don't steal from people, don't you know, live a right and godly life. We're called to, have, to be people of faith, to be people that believe God at his word, having that spirit of faith. You know, we talk about that in Kingdom Faith Church. We, have a, we want to be people that have a spirit of faith, people of a different spirit. We have a different spirit in us. If you're born again this morning, you have a different spirit in us. It's the different spirit to the spirit of the world. And it's a spirit of faith where we believe what God says to us will take place. And we step out in faith and we see God move and we see God do miracles in our lives and and lead us on the path that he has for us. We're called to be people of love, that love one another, care for one another, love our neighbour. And um, I remember there was a really good message. I think um, Pastor Kevin from Burgess Hill preached about loving our neighbour. That was way back last year. And and when it talks about loving our neighbour in the Bible, the story of the Good Samaritan is linked with that, that we love the people around us and help people around us that need the help. But we are a people of love and God loves us. And out of the love that God's deposited in us, that love needs to come out towards other people, out from us towards others. And we're called to be a people of endurance. And if that's one word or patience or perseverance, that's one word that I'm sure we would, you know, say it was a really important word for this last year gone, that we are, we need to be patient. We need to endure. We need to continue on and persevere with God through difficulties, through trials, through struggles, through whatever we're going through. We called not to be people that give up and let go and quit and just say, okay, you know, this is too hard for me. God, I just, I'm going to walk away. God wants us to be continually pressing into him, walking with him, you know, yes, we have difficult times that we go through. And yes, there's lots of questions sometimes 
that we will need to ask God, but actually he will give us the answers as time goes on, but we need to continue going and not give up. And we need to be people that are gentle with others. You know, when we're talking <clears throat> to others about uh, our faith and, who, and what we believe in and who we believe in, we need to have a gentleness about us. We need to have a peace about us when we do that. We're not here to argue with people and uh, begin to you know, fight with other people. We're here to keep our peace and to be gentle and to approach things and approach other people and gently and you know, with God's spirit, lead them into the right understanding of who God is. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment in the news with Israel and Palestine and, and all the, you know, not riots, but protests that are going on about all of that. And, you know, we are, hopefully everyone here believes that Israel has their homeland and they have a right to that land in Israel and the Jewish people have a right to that land. Because actually, if you, if you think about it, I was just thinking about this the other night, that actually our Bible, from the beginning of the Bible right to the end of the Bible, it's a story of the Jewish people. It's a story of, of us being grafted into the Jewish people. So it's a Jewish book. <laughs> Jesus was a Jew. And we are, we're, we've come into part of that story do you know what I mean? It's actually, you know, the gospel was for the Jew first, then for the Gentiles. So we're grafted into the story that they're, they're, they're going on. They're God's people. So we support the Jewish people. We support the nation of Israel. That's God's nation. That's God's, that's God's land. Um, but also we know that Palestinian people, Arab people, Muslim people, God loves them. And God wants them to have a relationship with him and God wants to reach into their lives. So we're not coming at that from a kind of anger and, you know, we're against them kind of approach. We want, God wants to see all people come to the knowledge of, of salvation and he wants them to come into his kingdom just as much as he wants the Jews to come into his kingdom as well. So yes, we do support Israel, but we, we're gentle. We need to be people of a gentle spirit that we we're not getting into arguments and hatred and, and fighting with other people. So if we just flick to the next one. So we're called to fight the good fight of faith. And Paul uses that a number of times in his, in his letters and his epistles, that we're here to fight the good fight of faith. That is what we've been called to do. When we gave our lives to the Lord, we entered into the fight of faith, you could call it. And we are in a spiritual battle daily in our lives. We're, <clears throat> we're in a spiritual battle against principalities and powers and, and spiritual forces that are against us and don't want us and the kingdom of God to move forward. But actually we've been called, we've been given the victory first of all by God, but we've been called to fight that, that, that fight of faith. And actually I've got another scripture that just w links in with that. Find it. This is actually in Timothy as well, 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 and 8. says, and This is Paul talking. It says, For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I've fought the good fight, and I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So Paul was saying here, this is, you know, Paul's coming towards the end of his ministry there. And he's saying, I fought the good fight of faith. I've, I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And that's what God's calling us to do with our lives to fight the good fight of faith, to keep plowing on with God, keep moving forward with what he's asking us to do, finishing the race that he set out for us and keeping, his, keeping the faith. And there's another scripture here in Acts 20, 24. It says this, and this is Paul again. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task is testifying to the good news of God's grace. And, you know, Paul talks about a race, running a race for God. And that is what we're called to do. And they're the people we're called to be as well, to testify of God's grace, his saving grace for mankind, for the people that we're around, people maybe in our families, our workplaces, uh, on the streets, wherever we are, in schools, colleges, whatever, whatever we're doing, God has a message of grace for those people that we're around. And we're called to deliver that message to them as well. <clears throat> so we fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you are called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So again, we're talking about eternity here and taking hold of eternal life. And, you know, we've, when we gave our lives to the Lord and if we're baptised, you know, often we're baptised in front of many people. So we make our confession, you know, like when we baptise people, we, we ask them to make that confession, then we baptise them. <clears throat> so most of us here would have done that. And by the way, just a little side note, if you haven't been baptised, we will be doing baptisms probably in July. So let me know if you want to be baptised and we can, we can talk about that. But when we made our, profe- our, our confession of our faith, in Jesus, when we gave our lives to the Lord and we were baptised in the witness of, uh, in the presence of many witnesses, um, that's that's when we we entered into eternal like we entered into a life of eternity with Jesus, and he 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 encourages us here. Paul is encouraging Timothy: take hold of eternal life to which you were called. And you know what? I believe that's, that's also something we just need to remember to do, that this, this life is about a life of eternity. It's not just about the here and now. It's about where we're going with him into eternal life. And like I was saying before about the treasure, you know, us, it, it says in the word to, 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 make, to make treasure for yourself in heaven by doing what God is calling you to do individually. Make that your focus, not about building up treasure here on earth, but actually building up yourself treasure in heaven, a reward. We all have a reward for ourselves that we will enter into in heaven because of what we have done with our lives here on earth. And we want that reward to be as full as possible. And we, so we want to be bearing fruit as much as possible and doing what he's asking us to do here and now. Okay, next one. So in the sight of God, who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Next. Was that the last one? No. Uh, Which God will bring about in his own time. Uh, God, the blessed 
and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who's alone, immortal, and who lives in an in unapproachable light. <clears throat> and I, I believe Paul is saying here, just remember who we're serving. Remember uh, what relationship, who we're in relationship with and the relationship that we have with God, that he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the ruler. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning <clears throat> and the end. And we can sometimes, I think, forget how big God is and how in control he is of what's going on in this world and and in our lives. And, you know, I've just had a time, even, even this week, just contemplating the greatness of God, how big he is and how nothing, as we were singing earlier, nothing is impossible for him. And we need to remember that that nothing is too far for him to change, too much for him to change, too difficult for him to do. And that's who we live in and who lives inside of us. And that's who we carry around in our lives. So as our response today, what I really want us to do is just to take what we've been talking about this morning. And I want us to step into this new season with God firmly. I want us to leave behind anything that is from this past season of time that may still be kind of weighing on us or troubling us or, you know, it might even be people that maybe have offended us. Anything, any sort of baggage, let's call it that, from the last season, I want us to make a kind of a firm commitment this morning to leave all of that stuff behind, deal with it now, and then step into this new season of time with him. Because we are, we are in, in something new with God. And I believe that he... He wants us to live more fully for him than we've ever lived before. I think it was Holly actually who said to me, it was, it's a bit like crossing, crossing over. Didn't you say that to me about crossing the, was it like crossing the Jordan? We're crossing over from one era of time into a new era of time. And we don't want the stuff from the old kind of coming into the new. We want to be solid in our relationship with God, in our commitment to God as we move forward into this new season. Richard, could you just go on the keyboard for me, please? As we move into this new season. I don't know for any of you that once kind of we haven't been able to meet here on a Sunday morning, has your relationship with God kind of have you struggled in that area have has it kind of lessened because I believe God wants us to make sure that even if we go into more lockdowns or then if if anything else happens where we can't meet together again or for a short period or for different periods of time that we we have we know we can meet with God where we're at we know we have the word and we can feed ourselves We know we have the Spirit of God. We know we can worship and pray without even gathering together, that we're firm, we're solid, you know, we're resolute in our faith, even when we're not gathering together like this. Because God wants us to be reliant on Him, not necessarily reliant on a Sunday morning. Even though a Sunday morning is great, if there's anything we learn over this year is that 
we can still be fully relating to God without Sunday mornings. So just, just I want you to just pray, to just maybe close your eyes and think, is there anything that's happened over the previous year that you just need to give to God? You need to do business with God about and give to Him. There might have been dis- disappointments, discouragements. You know, you might have been let down by other people or you might even feel like you were let down by God. Let's just deal with that right now. Just give it to him. need to forgive God Lord I forgive you for this that's happened in my life that I've blamed you for you might be holding offence to people there might be lots of people just do business with God just God I I choose to forgive this person for this that they did that made me feel like this God wants to mend relationships God wants to deal with any hurt that we're carrying depression that you're dealing with try and just lift it up to God and obviously speak to people if you need help you know don't don't hide it speak to people if you need help speak to us maybe what you thought church is or is meant to be to shift you need to leave that behind in the previous era and as we step forward into the new your relationship with God needs to be daily feeding on his word feeding on from his spirit meeting with him daily yourself relying on a Sunday morning for the rest of your week we're stepping into something new now with God to just ask God to fill you with his spirit as you've given these things over to him ask God to fill you up with his spirit afresh this morning this Pentecost morning God poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost and the disciples went out 
from that place and they share the good news about him with other people. And I just say, Lord, right now, and just you, you make this your own prayer. Just ask him to fill you up with his spirit. Fill me up, fill us up this morning with your spirit, Lord God. We thank you for a fresh outpouring of your spirit and your life that will take us forward in you. Father, we need a fresh outpouring every day of our life. Just ask him to fill you and just by faith receive that infilling of his spirit right now. day of our lives work in us Lord God transform our hearts you know his spirit brings that love joy peace patience kindness gentleness self-control the, the fruits of the spirit his spirit equips us with the gifts of the spirit teaches us all things that we need to know reminds us of the things that are in the word comforts us protects us walks with us leads us guides us so father we just thank you for a fresh infilling of your spirit right now come holy spirit that you need to deal with in relationship wise if you, you might need to apologize to people you might need to just make things right with people you need to go away and, and make sure you do that treasure and jars of clay we have him living inside of us if you really think about how powerful that is wherever you go whatever you do you have God Emmanuel Jesus living inside of you with you around you his presence around you 
So Father, we thank you for your presence going with us today as we leave this place, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you go ahead of us, Lord God, into our week this week. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.